Lucas Wyatt asks, they're not having the cast say previously on the challenge anymore. Do you miss it? I sure do. So Sheldon, do you miss the previously on the challenge? I mean, I didn't even notice until Lucas brought that up, but yeah, I guess it showed off a little personality. You got to see who was overacting, but <laughs> yeah, good call, Lucas. Good call. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast, talking about the challenge, mm -hmm. Rider Dies, uh, previously on You Killed It. We talked about how Michelle and Jay had fumbled the bag. Yes. And we had a lot of listener comments. And <laughs> so I want to... Hold on. Can I, can I read one, though? Just because there's one from two weeks ago. Sure. That I was mad I didn't see sure. um, last week's pod, but I want to give Sarah some credit here because Sarah, remember we were talking about the rowing and yeah. someone messaged me on YouTube. Sorry, two things. I'm bouncing around right here because my brain is scrambled. My brain is scrambled and surprise, surprise. I'm like rattled right now, but we were talking, <laughs> remember the episode where they had to do the rowing? Yeah. So first off, uh, Greg, shouts to Greg, who wrote in and said, solid Adam Vancouverden reference. <laughs> first off, I know that's that's what we do, right? We, we, appear, we, we, we appreciate that. Um, but we were talking about the rowing, and I was confused about why everyone was struggling, and I asked if it was just a normal rowboat or not. Um, Sarah wrote in, shouts to Sarah, longtime listener, says, just listening to the pod, uh, from last week and if it helps give you some clarity the boats weren't your typical rowboats they were crew skulls the kind that rowing teams use they work really differently and have a sliding seat like rowing machines at the gym so you have to understand how to propel yourself in the seat and not only use the oars correctly but also at the right time in accordance with how your seat is moving they're also a lot lighter and hard to balance so they're easier to flip I like when we get, you know, first off, John is our encyclopedia on this pod. He's a smart one. He gives the information on this pod. But I don't know about any of that, but go on. <laughs> but I appreciate the knowledge that we are able to give at certain points. And what we always talk about is a community of people that write in to educate us on what else is going on in the pod and on the show. Because there's so many moving pieces, you know, whether it's geography lessons or like puzzle lessons or whatever it is. There's so much. So thanks to Sarah for that. Sorry I interrupted you as you started off this conversation with reading comments. No, that's fine, because you read comments too. It, it, it all works. <laughs> uh, so Renee Quinn, and I hope I say her last name correctly, Loudenslagel. I'm sorry, Renee, if I said that incorrectly. She wrote in to say, that uh, she doesn't think that Jay and Michelle's moves were that bad. Mm. They put in a bunch of strong pairs that are not in their alliance. So whatever happens, the numbers on the other side, not in their alliance, go down. Which, I gotta say, that is a very fair point. Yep. Laurel mm -hmm. is a threat to them because she doesn't like Michelle. Why would Michelle save her if she knows Laurel would put her in the first chance she gets? It would have been dumb to put anyone in their alliance in, like Olivia, Horacio, or Amber Chauncey. Also, it's totally apparent that lots of pairs like Nani and Bananas are throwing challenges to stay out of the hot seat. Uh, I dislike the hypocrisy in the house and on pods. 
That's a fair point. Uh, anyone else who is winning would be in the same position, calling out eight people's names of those not in their alliance. So the only feedback I'd give y'all is for more dissenting viewpoints. You guys agree on almost everything, which is fair. We do agree on almost everything, but that's what happens when you're longtime friends. But also we're watching a TV show. Like I don't watch a TV show so I can argue with my friend about it. Right? Well, like, so I will say, I think Renee made some good points. And totally we had a lot of there. We had a <laughs> we had a lot of people point out after the fact that uh, Devin and Tori and Nani and Bananas, uh, among others, were throwing at least one week's worth of daily challenges because they didn't want to have to nominate people. And like I think my issue with uh, Jay and Michelle is first mm -hmm. of all that I, th I think I said this on last week's pod. I thought their second round of nominations were much better than their first. Okay. Yeah. Like my issue in the first round was that they did like everyone else was that they didn't nominate bananas and Nani, which was like the most obvious go-to move. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a miss. And then in, <clears throat> in terms of dissenting opinions, we also have Chico Spears who, uh, wrote to us to say, I think the problem is that Jay and Michelle are actually not trying to screw people over. That mm. makes their moves seem chaotic. They are trying to make everyone happy, but that's impossible. Their moves this episode were all spot on. So Chico agrees with Renee that they were the right moves, but I think I agree with Chico in that it's it's sort of nitpicking, but the the motivations that Jay and Michelle have given us for doing what they've done mm -hmm. don't really sit well. Yeah. And I think that's what we've seen in this episode as well as a whole first half of this episode. And, you know, just for housekeeping purposes, episode seven of Rider Dies. Um, I think this episode showed a lot that everyone has too many deals in the house. And there's, it was fitting what the elimination was, the web. Because there's a lot of webs being created throughout different partnerships in the house. And everyone kind of has deals with everyone. You know, everyone has cross alliances and it's so conflicting. And I don't know what the right way to go about it is. Because is it to not have to put your name, put names up? Or is it just win so that at least you're in control and you know you're not going in? I don't know. It's so confusing. But... At the forefront of all of this, as we come to find out, is your man's Devin. And Devin and Tori, you know, I know you're a huge Devin stan. And I understand that. And I get that. But Devin is out here and he's making deals with Jay and Michelle. We talked about that. They have another deal. Him and Tori have this joke, super secret deal or super secret meeting that they're going to have. And they're trying to figure out you know, should they extend this relationship, this partnership with Jay and Michelle? Now, what do you make of your man's Devin and just what's going on here? Because we have this dynamic where he's making a deal with Jay and Michelle, who you would assume he's not really, they shouldn't be on the same side. But Amber, and it seems like a lot of other people are starting to notice that somehow Devin keeps being safe. What do you think of Devin's strategy here? 
I think that Devin does really well throughout this episode of making the right moves, but then towards two thirds of the way through, he starts doing too much. So, so first though, let's let's start with the Jay and Michelle portion of it at the start yeah. of this, right? Like the deal to not put each other up last week and trying to extend it. What what do you think of that move in particular? Do you think? he should want to extend this deal with Jane Michelle or has that run its course? I think it's run its course. Okay. I think that they like, I agreed with what Tori had to say, which is we're going to like, they're going to look shady if they continue to like have the secret deal. And also like Jay and Michelle, like Devin makes the argument in confessional. They're pretty good at doing the, um, the dailies, mm-hmm. but they're not good at the politics. And so he's sort of been using them to do his bidding. But like now the heat is so intense on them. Like you want to just cut them loose mm-hmm. and wash yeah. your hands of them and like, let them take the fall. Like that's, that's sort of like the plan, the part of the plan, the step in the plan that he's missing is like, it's great to have other people do your dirty work. Now that the dirty work is done, like, cut them loose so they take the fall (laughs) like that's that's the next step it's not like yeah no we're gonna we're gonna keep this going (laughs) so we have a bunch of like partnerships we need to pay attention to or maybe top fours became like a theme throughout this episode right and so while jay and michelle are clearly not in tori and devin's top four we get a conversation between amber and nelson where we see their relationship and amber saying you know she really trusts nelson and anytime we get these conversations at the beginning of an episode where it's like i really trust this person we kind of know where this is going from one way or the next but the reason i want to highlight this this conversation is not because of what happens later which we'll get to i want to focus in more on the nature of this conversation and Nelson in particular, right? So Amber's playing the game. Amber's saying, you know, Nelson is someone that I feel like I have close ties to. He's always been straight up with me, blah, blah, blah. Nelson's body language and Nelson's tone of voice, if you pay attention to this, Nelson's trying to like smooth talk Amber. Nelson's trying to like, you know, talk to Amber, pick up Amber, smooth talker, you know, sweet boy talker, you know, like you could tell Nelson's whole vibe and demeanor in when he's talking to Amber. Like I was watching the conversation and thinking, hold on, why is he talking differently? Why does his vibe seem different? And then at the very end, he tosses in, and I'm paraphrasing this, but it's something to the effect of, oh, Chauncey's a lucky guy or something like that. Do you know, I forget what the exact quote was, but it was something referencing Chauncey and I was like, ha ha, there it is. You Nelson are being your normal Nelson self and being very conflicted between the gameplay and the girl play, or I should say the woman play. Um, that's what I read from this conversation early. And it's Nelly T just being Melly. We got messy Fessy and we got messy Nelly. Well, I think, and this is just speculation. Mm-hmm. But there was a period in time mm-hmm. where people really thought Nelson and Amber were going to be a couple. Okay. They posted uh, a oh, video yes. to social media where they're both very drunk and the tension was thick between them. I'm not saying anything happened. I'm just saying mm-hmm. this was, there was a time where that was a speculation. 
And you're right. There was a tone that Nelson had where he was placating. He was just sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, we see this later on and we'll get to it when we get to it. But it does seem like the affection is one-sided between well, the two of them. I'm just trying to highlight this going forward. You know, the voice gets a little deeper. You know, the yeah. voice gets a little more sensual. He speaks you know, a little kind of slower. Like a little slower. You're overemphasizing your words. Even the pose as he sits in the chair, he's got a nice little lean. The body language, the posture is a little different. Just the vibes. He's trying to put out some vibes to Amber. And let's, I'm going to be blatantly honest. I ain't mad at you, Nelly. Like, I'm not, I'm not hating on you at all for this. I'm just saying it's a little bit of dirty macking going on because you know what you're trying to do here and trying to claim your peoples with Chauncey when you're not peoples with Chauncey, which I think once I saw the end of the episode and the energy of the, the conversation that he was having with Chauncey at the end, I was like, aha, yeah, aha, I see what's going on here. Nelly, you're trying to G him, right? <laughs> you're but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But anyways, so they go to, uh, the brewery, which mm -hmm. is I clearly like the party space they have rented for <laughs> the purposes yes. of these fire scenes. Don't but ruin the club the... scene for me, okay? It's a club scene, okay, John? Sorry, sorry, it's a club scene. Uh, <laughs> whatever you say, Sheldon. Uh, <laughs> whatever helps you sleep. Club scene during the day, overlooking a cemetery. <laughs> and like one thing I'll say, and I know you're going to have thoughts on this alleged club scene is that I like about this group that it always seems like they're dancing. I love to dance. I don't know if you've talked about this, Sheldon, but that's how I express myself through music. I'm not a singer. I'm a dancer. And I'm just, I like seeing people dancing, and I wish I was there to dance because it seems like a good time. True. Fair. Fair. However, there's a whole lot of game talk going on. So mm. early on, Bananas speaking to Durrell, and about how Michelle and Jay are trying to reel in Darrell. And then in confessional, Bananas goes, Darrell never talks game. But like, basically like, but I can talk game to him. Mm -hmm. And maybe some will get through. But then Darrell goes to Veronica. is like, yeah, listen to what Bananas was saying. And they both basically laugh it off. And they're mm -hmm. like, and Veronica makes a good point. Like, funny how Bananas is speaking game to us now. When his when he, name's on the chopping block and it's in the mix. Yeah, and he didn't like welcome us with open arms when we mm -hmm. first arrived. Fair point to Veronica. True. But worth noting. Worth noting for later. Definitely worth noting for later. And same with the Jordan Chauncey conversation. We will get there for sure because that is becomes a huge part of this towards yes. the end. Let's get to the daily challenge though. Okay. So peaking blinders, which well played. Cap tip to, you know the producers for that one. Um, so this one was an interesting daily challenge, right? It's about, as TJ put it, great cardio and memory skills. You have to run down a trail to the answer key. And one person has to balance on top of a pole with one foot. And as the longer that you're able to balance your other partners on the other side, and they're able to look at a puzzle. And they have to remember said puzzle. And then you run back with your partner and you have to memorize and put together said puzzle. And of course, it's a race. First team to do it wins. Um, this 
was a very interesting challenge because I think there's a lot to it, right? It's about endurance. It's about teamwork. It's about strategy and selecting who's going to be the one to memorize, who's going to be the one to balance. How well do you run with your partner? Question, do you have to run with your partner? Like, if Darrell, like, could Darrell have just done this by himself? No, because you have to be with your partner so that they can see the other side. So yeah. that wouldn't work. Um, what did you think of this challenge? Just in terms of a, a daily challenge, what did you think of it? I liked it. I liked it a lot because I think it's um, a great equalizer. I think historically one of the issues with the challenge is that they don't have they, – there's some seasons where they've fallen into either you're good at puzzles – or you're really strong, or maybe you're a fast swimmer, mm-hmm. and uh, or or you had good endurance. But this was undoubtedly athletic because of the endurance component and balance. But like balance is not something that they typically tap into, and there's no doubt that like balancing on that is an athletic feat. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just think it was sort of refreshing and still definitely like pardon a pun but a challenge like it was not easy to do <laughs> yeah and so and like you know uh a fessy as an example who's very strong not very useful in this <laughs> right see I, it's so funny you brought up fessy because for me i was thinking wait a second fessy and mariah we know are good athletes wouldn't they be able to like we didn't even see them speeding ahead we saw nelson and bananas leading the pack by a long shot so you could tell they're obviously trying to win right and you know bananas is obviously trying to win because he feels like your name was just on the block so you feel like you need to win totally get that someone like fessy has been laying low this entire time and it's probably in his best interest to sit back because he's not even on anyone's radar we've seen both sides of the house whether it's the vets or the rookie side win and fessy's name's not even mentioned at all so that part of the dynamic and the strategy is still super interesting to me but this whole thing essentially comes down to nelson nelson and narice and i'm gonna even start saying narice and nelson which we'll get to but then also tory and Devin. those two teams are way up there and then you have the flip side of Darrell and Veronica struggling yeah. and Anissa and, and Anissa and Jordan also struggling and Veronica and Anissa. I got to be honest with you. There's one side of me. That's like, are we still doing this? You know, where you're just going to walk and you're not even going to really try. Or there's the other side of me. That's kind of like, well, this show has gone so far the other way to like CrossFit all-stars mm-hmm. that it almost makes the other people who aren't CrossFit all-stars look really bad. And which would I rather prefer? Cause I'd rather prefer have the show. That's not the CrossFit all-stars. Yeah. Right. So that makes me like still appreciate Veronica and Anissa and uh, it's Jordan, right. That says, you know, I, I don't really care as long as you're trying. And if you're yeah. walking, you're not trying. Yeah. And Anissa at first is certainly running. Like she's not the fastest, but she's running. She's trying. Where it falls apart is Anissa is responsible for the memorization and mm-hmm. she can only remember two tiles. Yeah. And, and like Anissa, Anissa it, also says 
She says, I'm not running anywhere. I'm built for comfort, not speed. That's not the right attitude for the challenge. I don't <laughs> like that. Well, I just like, it's fine that she's slow, but like it was all based off of her being good at memorization. Mm -hmm. And Durrell says this as well with Veronica. He's like, listen, we're not the fastest team, but that's all right. Veronica's going to kill it on puzzles. Mm -hmm. Same premise as with Anissa. Problem is Anissa did not kill it on the puzzle, uh, right? So like yeah. if she'd held up her end of the bargain, it's fine. Yeah, that's to me that's the issue. She didn't hold up her end of the bargain. Yeah, and and meanwhile, who did hold up their end of the bargain is Nerys. Nerys was not only running and keeping up with Nelson's pace. And Nelson's again, Nelson's super fast. Like Nelson's probably the fastest person in the house. He was out there lapping people, right? Like mm -hmm. he was like blowing past people and Norris and Nelson doing a good job in putting together the puzzle. And she was doing a great job. It was funny. Cause Nelson at one point said, uh, like, didn't he say his strategy was <laughs> remember less <laughs> Norris yeah. in the confessional says Nelson's strategy is to remember less. And I was like, hold on what? But then she elaborates and says, you know, trying to remember too much will just mess you up and you'll get confused. Which okay, I can I can kind of see that, but I, I love I was that Narice was like, no, 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 I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I I have a great memory. I like that. I like Narice. I like Narice too. I think I've been watching the show too long though, because I sort of understood what Nelson was saying. <laughs> I did not <laughs> right off the bat until she elaborated. I was like, oh, okay, I'm with you now, Nelly. No, like I get it. Like you don't. I think what Nelson's saying is he understands his limitations, mm -hmm. which is healthy. Yes. And he knows that he could easily get himself overexcited and confused. So just like focus on the fundamentals so you're not wasting trips. Like again, Anissa and Jordan, she, and I think also Veronica and uh, Durrell, they could only remember a couple. So they had to do more trips. Yeah. And you don't want to like make a mistake, I think is what Nelson is saying. Agreed. Agreed. And I think, you know, Nerese saying that she has a really good memory and then showing that it's just yeah. a good balance for their partnership because there's two ways to go about it. In Darrell's perfect world, if you have a really good memory and you're able to walk and you just take less trips, that could definitely work too. The problem was the memorizing part was a little harder than I think Veronica or Anissa or anyone was taking for granted. That's the other part. You can't really, you don't really have a good gauge if you, unless you're the one trying to memorize and see the puzzle. You don't yeah. really have a good gauge of how difficult it actually is. So maybe remembering two is the best way, you know? Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I don't want to like make it sound like, you know, I have a memory castle or anything in my head, but <laughs> I think that most people should be able to remember three or four shapes. I think you come up with the, with like, was it Tori? No, it was uh, it, Nani. It was Nani. Yeah. Who had a right. mnemonic device that she was using. Yeah. And she just referenced each color, the first letter of the color to a name. And I think, you know, you come up with something like that. You turn it into a song and figure it out. But either way, Nelly and Narice run away with this daily challenge. Yeah. Only and, Devin and Tori are anywhere close. And they're like, it wasn't and they really in close. doubt. Like they needed, they needed uh, Narice and Nelson to get it wrong. 
Yeah. Like that was the only way they're going to do it. And I do want to say this. I want to give the challenge producers and editors a lot of credit because I will say normally you guys trick me a lot into seeing if something was close or if it was closer than it actually appeared. This time, though, I caught you guys because there was one shot where it showed um, Nelson and Norris running back to put together like their final pieces. And you could see all the people in the background and then they cut to Tori and Devin also running towards the end of the puzzle and magically there's no one there right so i was like ah this is clearly edited to make it seem like it's closer but i i I see you guys this time which normally doesn't happen because i'm assuming that happens way more than we think right like it's not always going to be a close race but normally you know i just want to say the one time this one time you guys didn't get me but normally you do captain um uh, again, Norris, I want to give her a lot more credit because this is Nelson's second daily challenge that he's won after having the super long streak of not winning. And so it's all because of Norris. Right? Like we keep saying Nelson wins and it's Nelson and Norris, and everyone keeps saying Nelson and Norris, but no, no, no. Nelson is winning because of Norris. You can tell that he and he gives her credit, but I just want to give her even more credit because I don't think she's getting enough for what. Like, think about it. Nelson hasn't won in how many seasons, and now he's won twice? Like, come on. Um, Rochelle Valdez had mm. a question for us. Okay. Why is Olivia in full makeup with false eyelashes, fake eyelashes on, for a daily? Well, if you've been listening to this pod, it is something that we've discussed from the beginning, and I think... If you are a fan of this pod, you know that we're not haters. You know that we're not the pod that's out here that's like, oh my God, this girl's so hot. Like that's not, that's not the pod that we do. We acknowledge the beautiful cast for sure. Mm -hmm. But we also try to give you the real. And one of the things I said from the get-go is that Olivia, you know, and I've tried to choose my words carefully so that it's not misconstrued, but like Olivia clearly is doing it for the gram. Right, like she is on the challenge to make a TV show to boost the fame, boost the celebrity. And mm-hmm. I talked about how the season of Love Island, you saw the transformation, and I said the the Kardashian uh, IG model template of just a certain look. Yep, and you see that where you know you're going to do a challenge where you're running like a lot. There's no need for you to put on all that makeup to go do that. But yet, here we are. And why? Doing it for the gram. I stand by that wholeheartedly. There's even a scene in this where she talked about something about Nelson. And she's like, oh, our name's off of it. It feels so good to, and I know it's because of our relationship or whatever. And she like laughed. Yeah. I was like, see, this is what I'm talking about. She doesn't really care about Nelson, man. This is just all to like be relevant on the show and like have a showman's quote unquote I have like scenes. I like that you're protecting Nelson's heart. I feel bad for Nelly T, you know? <laughs> Nelly T, he's he's done a lot of bleepery for sure on this show. Yeah. And you know, 
you know what? Maybe I take that back as I start to think back to some of the things that Nelson has done and some of the the, the showmances Nelson has had and self-inflicted wounds that Nelson has had. Oh, he's Nelson's done appearance incredibly on Dr. stupid things. Oh, I always forget that he was on Dr. Phil. Right. I forgot about that too until this moment. So, hey, him getting played by Olivia in this season, whatever, sure. Maybe Nelly had this coming because he's done a lot worse. <laughs> um moving it along <laughs> so uh Devin says i've been just been beat by nelson in a memorization puzzle your guess is as good as mine uh, no, my guess is narice yeah that's that's the key it's true but jay approaches nelson to try to i don't want to say reason with him influence him perhaps is the best word Mm-hmm. And Devin gets in on the conversation as well. And I have to say, Jay and Devin are talking a lot of sense. And like, I was surprised with how much they were on the same page. But like, what they both had to say, it was logical to me. So Devin says at one point to Nelson and in front of Jay, I'm a fan of new champions. I'd be a new champion. He gestures to Jay, you'd be a new champion. He gestures to Nelson, you'd be a new champion. Mm-hmm. Let's just make decisions that guarantees there's a new champion. And he suggests, he advises Nelson to put in Bananas and Nani, mm-hmm. Veronica and Durrell, Jordan and Anissa, and Chauncey and Amber. And in that moment, I'm like, oh, Nelson's going to say no to that. He just had that conversation with uh, Amber. With Amber. And he doesn't really push back against it, which I should have noted at the time. What you should have noted at the time was when the conversation starts, Nelson says, you know, there's so much going on. There's this game's getting really complicated. He called himself spider Nelly because he has so many webs around the house, but he says, quote, what would you do? Devin, if you were in my shoes right now, what would you do? And right there, I was like, yeah, Nelly screwed. He's about to get manipulated right now. And that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. It made no sense. He's getting twisted and turned in a bunch of different ways. And I think Amber was also, you know, kind of like pulling on Nelly's heartstrings, knowing that she could, you know, pull him in one direction. Devin's pulling him in another direction. Jay's pulling him in another direction. Olivia's pulling him in another direction. All of a sudden, Olivia and Horatio, they ain't worried about nothing. They're just yeah. chilling all of a sudden. They were on the block each and every week, and now not even no longer. A, not even a no. thought. I what I wonder is where is Narice in all of this? Because I think we've shown that Narice is the brains of the operation, mm-hmm. and she and Nelson are ride or dies. And they like I think their uh, friendship is very genuine. They clearly know each other well. Where is she to be like Nelson? Here's the plan. Let's focus on the plan. I know she can't be with him like by his side 24-7, but like if I'm Narice, I know, just as Devin knows, he's not good at making decisions under pressure. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Narice, I'm like, hey, even you know what, even before you're competing in the daily, I think the conversation should be, hey, what if we win the daily? Who are we nominating? Yeah, and I think Nelson really struggled with it, but then in the actual deliberation with him and Narice, I thought he made a very sound point. 
his plan was, I want to take out either Nani and Bananas or Jordan and Anissa. Yeah, those are his targets, right? I was he just said say, that, all this being said, that's not bad to take out those two pairs. It made a lot of sense, and the other two teams he's just putting up Daryl and Anissa, or Daryl, Darrell and Anissa, and then Amber and Chauncey because they would save each other if they pulled the safe dagger. Yeah, that all made a whole lot of sense to me. That was yes. like, okay, Nelson's making moves. This seems to make sense. But there's another dynamic bubbling around at the same time, right? Uh-huh. People are noticing that Devin and Tori seem to be playing every side of the house because much like Fessy, except Fessy's doing it on a way quieter scale, no matter who's been nominated, they haven't been mentioned in one of the four teams that get put up. Yeah. Like that's a tough balancing act to be able to manage. And People are noticing what's going on. They're noticing that Devin is friends or talking up, chatting up, whoever happens to be winning. So in the actual deliberate, even in the deliberation conversations where all the teams that you've nominated, right? And he puts up Amber and Chauncey, Nani and Bananas, Darrell, Veronica, Jordan, and Anissa. Okay, makes sense. Mm -hmm. In their conversations, he tells Darrell and Veronica that he wants to put in, he put in Amber Right, because Amber would save Darrell. Yep. And put in uh, Anissa because Anissa would save Veronica. That's his thought process. But Amber and Chauncey are not happy. And this is where Amber loses me a little here because I was on Amber's side. But I think, like, when she's trying to invoke the tears and the emotions, I don't like that. I feel like she tries to use her tears and emotions in a way that is manipulative. And then she says, I've been protecting them since I got here. How? That, I had that the mean? exact same question. How? In what circumstance has she had the ability to protect anyone? You don't want, you don't win. I also, like, like you, I came into this sort of, I don't know, maybe being neutral on Amber. Maybe that's the best word. Mm-hmm. But I have to point out, if the two closest people, her, she says beyond Chauncey, the two people she's closest with in the house are Darrell and um, Nelson, right? Mm-hmm. And in this deliberation, she says, you know, Nelson, you're in my top four. And he goes, well, you're not in my top four. Mm-hmm. What's that say about how she's going about her business in the house? But also that's a lie. What, because we know that her top four is is Darrell. No? Or, sorry, let me rephrase that. We know her top four is actually Jay and, and uh, Michelle. Michelle, so, no? And then it's probably Darrell. And then it's probably Nelson. Well, so I was thinking top four pairs. Oh, see, I was thinking top four people. Yeah. Right? But even still... That is like damning if someone that you think is in your top four, if you're like, if it's not reciprocated Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, she's tight with Michelle, apparently she's tight Mm -hmm. with Darrell, which I think is legitimate just because like Darrell is so like no bullshit. And like Darrell said, like Mm -hmm. confirmed. And then she thought she was tight with Nelson, but also, and like, this isn't the, first time that this has happened to amber 
right? Like, remember her first season, she was in the Big Brother Alliance. Yeah. And then, like, it never occurred to her that she was the... At the bottom. Yeah, she was the least important member of that alliance. Yeah. And then she went on to win, but just because she got paired with CT. Mm -hmm. And, like, they were just dominant. But it says something. It's interesting to note. But it's interesting that she doesn't have a lot of friends truly in the house. No. Like, in a weird way, we're talking about how, like, Devin is too entangled and Nelson's too entangled. And, like, even Michelle and Jay are too entangled. Mm-hmm. Amber's you- not entangled. Like, Darrell and Veronica's downfall, and to a lesser extent, Amber and Chauncey's downfall, is that they don't really have a lot of people on their side at all. But also, too, the way that you're playing the game, you either have to be good at politicking or good at winning challenges. Mm-hmm. Devin, I think Devin and Tori should be a team that could be able to win challenges. And that's why I think Devin's doing way too much. Amber and Chauncey have proven that they can't win challenges, but also they're showing that they're not really good at the politicking. So that's where things get messy. Mm -hmm. Nelson, I was actually giving credit to because I thought he was keeping it a buck and telling it how it is, right? He was, he had a great plan. I thought Nelson had a great plan. Yeah, the lines have been drawn. I'm riding with Jay. So he told Bananas, hey, this is what it is. I'm with Jay. Bananas is like, yeah, yeah, I get it. He told Amber, you're not in my top four. Cool, I get it. He told Darrell straight up, like, hey, Darrell, I respect you, but this is what it is. Darrell says, you know what? You seem to have it figured out. All good. So I don't – my biggest question in all of this is I think that Devin and Amber are the same, are one in the same, right? Mm-hmm. Why does anybody the same way to why I wouldn't trust Amber? Or like, there's no need for you to be aligned with Amber or trust Amber because she's just a number, really. Mm-hmm. But Devin, why does anybody trust Devin? That's the part I don't get. He's shady in every single season and he never wins and he always ends up doing too much. So, why would anybody think that it's a good idea? Why would I be making deals with Devin? Why would I trust Devin? If I'm Nelly, why am I listening to Devin? That part just doesn't make sense to me. There's two things that I think work for Devin. One is that he's too smart. Like he, like if you're Nelson, again, Nelson is at a point in his life where he can recognize his own faults. Okay. He knows he's not the smartest person in the house. Mm-hmm. Devin, I'm sure in their day-to-day conversations, comes across as very smart. And Devin is smart. I agree that he does too much and he is shady, but he is smart. Okay. So Nelson can't help but think, oh, I need to ask someone smart what to do. (laughs) Who am I going to ask? Yeah, yeah. Devin. And I also think the other thing that Devin has going for him that I think Amber has working against her is I think Devin's a genuinely good time. Yeah. I think Devin, like, is... I think people enjoy Devin's company and something I've noticed about Devin for better and for worse is he doesn't get romantically or sexually entangled on these shows. I don't know if it's because he has someone back at home. He never references that, right? Mm -hmm. He's not like uh, Danny always talking about Kiki, right? But for whatever reason, how did I almost forget about Danny and Kiki? Well played. <laughs> but in that, if you like think about what the day-to-day grind is like in that house, mm-hmm. Devin would be probably 
really pleasant to be around because he's like down for the party, but he's never seems interested in anyone in the house. So he's not competition, right? Like he's not getting to the like Horacio, Laurel, uh, Fassi situations. Yeah. Right. He's so he's not getting entangled in that. So you can just like talk to him and like, like I always think about what it must be like in that house around breakfast time. Right. <laughs> Who are you excited to speak to in the morning when you're tired, maybe a little hungover, you're at the breakfast buffet. You're probably looking forward to talking to Devin because he's not in your personal business. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Like it, I do. I'm just he, not a Devin guy. I just don't. And like, that's okay. I still love you anyway. <laughs> you know. You know who he reminds me a lot of, like a lot, a lot. And this might be too high praise. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of Doctor Will from season two of Big Brother. I don't I don't remember there. Uh, it's too far back for me. I'm sorry. So Dr. Will had like he was part of the infamous Chilltown Alliance. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm an idiot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I maybe that you, was season you, three. You. I might be confused. Whatever it is. No, yeah. no, no, I got you. I got you. But like probably too smart for his own good. Mm-hmm. Really charismatic, but also annoying, but also like so consistently annoying that people are sort of drawn to the consistency. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like Devin's really relying on all that, but it also doesn't get you across the finish line. It gets you far, but yeah. like it doesn't get you to the finish line. It's just, and like in some ways, that's why he and Tori are a perfect pair because she's sort of built the same way. She'll get far. Like I, I would be, I'm sure that they're going to make the like final two weeks of the show. Okay. Okay. Will they win? Probably not. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I thought Nelly was winning this week. And then all of a sudden there's a lot of drama going on. Amber is mocking the fact that Devin is clearly the one calling the shots. And Amber's not the only one that sees this, right? Mm -hmm. This is pointed out by a bunch of other people within the house. So Devin to counter this then tries to throw the shade back on Amber and he mm-hmm. tells Nelly that oh well if i'm the biggest snake in the house according to Amber why is it that Amber's sending her boyfriend Chauncey to talk to um why am i drawing a blank here uh Tori's boyfriend Tori's ex Jordan, Jordan. wow why is Chaun- why is Amber sending her boyfriend Chauncey to go talk to Jordan to break up Nelly's alliance with Jay. Mm-hmm. And this obviously sets Nelson off, right? And here's my thing that I don't, that was, this is where I'll give, I'll give Devin credit here. Because Devin doesn't actually go to Amber and confront her. No. He just tells Nelson, plants a seed with Nelson, and knows what Nelson is going to do. Now, Nelson goes to Chauncey. And this is what I was talking about earlier. He just goes at him with this very aggressive, like, so what did you say to Jordan? What was the nature of your conversation? He was definitely trying to, like, G him and show some dominance over him. When really, he's just being manipulated by Devin. Mm Because this whole thing is pretty dumb. We saw the conversation between Chauncey and Jordan, and it's not like Chauncey said, hey, let's go get Jay out of the house. It was more of a, 
well, you want to get Jay out. I'm working with Jay. You do what you do, but we won't say each other's names. Yeah. That's how the way that I took that conversation, which for the record is exactly what Devin is doing as well. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. So he gets, he gets Nelly all riled up at Chauncey and for Chauncey's lack of being on the show, he doesn't really know what to do. And he's backpedaling on the first question where Nelly says, what was your conversation? Like, he's like, Oh, I don't remember. And even though he didn't do anything bad, he didn't do anything wrong. It looks so bad. Looks so shady. It. So this whole situation, I, it spiraled out of control. And I think to no one's advantage, like mm -hmm. early on. So when Nelson, it's Nerese brings it to Nelson's attention that Amber is talking shit about Devin. Mm -hmm. Nelson brings it to Devin's attention. And, <laughs> and Devin is correct in that if someone in this house and frankly in life, if someone calls you a liar, you have to address it immediately. You can't be like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll let this wait till tomorrow. Yeah. You, you have to like nip it in the bud. Agreed. So he's right that like, he's got to do something. And Agreed. I think getting in Nelson's ear about it is fine. And then letting Nelson just like dig his own grave is fine. Once again, like let someone else do your dirty work. Where Devin loses me is that when he tries to confront Michelle about it, Mm. and it, yeah. like that's when it spirals out of control and also importantly you and i were praising nelson and saying like he had the right game plan all this beef with amber distracts from what was a good game plan yeah yeah you want amber and chauncey in the house yeah you want Darrell and veronica in the house those are numbers for you not only are those numbers, but Darrell and Veronica can easily be beaten in a final. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, you want those two in the house. But he, here's a key part that was not acknowledged in this whole episode. Okay? Mm -hmm. So Jordan says, I'm coming for your boy. That's really the essence. Jordan is the instigator of this whole breaking up of said alliance. Yeah. Right? That is what Nelson is getting really mad at. Someone just saying, hey, I want to take out your boy, Jay. Now, if we really think about alliances, who is Jordan connected to? Probably the most in the house. Tori and Devin. Ding, 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 ding. So instead of this whole thing and having Nelson focused in on Jordan and maybe Jordan's ties in the house and who might be breaking up his alliance, it's flipped on to Chauncey and Amber, which really nobody's afraid of Chauncey and Amber. They're not winning any daily challenges, but you know who's won eliminations and who can win a daily challenge? Jordan and yeah. Anissa, who are also vets. So now poor Nelson ends up saving Jordan, who is attached to Tori, who is attached to Devin, and that's who you're listening to? That makes no sense. You're listening to the person who is enabling the guy to go at your own alliance. That's where I feel bad for Nelly because Jordan's going after Jay. And what do you think Tori thinks of that? I think Tori and Jordan are playing together. And yeah. that means that Devin and Tori and Jordan are playing together, meaning they are the ones going for your alliance. 
Chauncey, like the conversation with Chauncey, you know, doesn't even really matter because no. there are conversations between Jordan and Tori that we're not getting to see. Nelson, I feel bad for Nelson, man. He's getting played by Devin. He's getting played by Devin. And also, I mean, Devin was smart to make such a big deal about that conversation between Chauncey and Jordan. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, what Jordan had to say, he has said out loud in front of everyone. Exactly. Like, it's not, it's not news that Jordan's going after Jet. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, I thought uh, Anissa and Jordan actually acquitted themselves quite well in the deliberation when they said to Nelson, like, yeah, we're going after your boy. And also, notably, he started it. Nelson's like, I cannot deny that he started it. True. <laughs> Big facts. And I would be more so leaning towards your side in the Devin defense if he didn't make the like dumbest move. And to me, the dumbest move was going at Michelle. Yeah. He made he made two mistakes. And I love Devin. I'm gonna stand by that. But he made two mistakes this episode. The okay. first is that apparently he and it seemed like it was edited to show that he and Tori didn't even go look to see who Nelson had nominated. Yes. That's a mistake. And has pointed that out. Yeah. He was so confident that he wasn't even worried at all. Yeah. You got, you got to at least go and like, be like, Oh, like you got to do something like phew, I was yeah. worried. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. You got to do something. And then he should not have gone after Michelle. Yeah, the Michelle thing made no sense. And I also, I'm going to say this, I didn't like the energy that he was going at her with, right? Because he was, I, I, the term gaslighting, I have like an issue with because I don't fully understand it. But I think the reason I don't fully understand it is because I feel like it gets overused, if that makes sense. So I'm going to remove that from what Banana said, right? Mm-hmm. But the overall point of him just like, picking at Michelle and saying things that she didn't really say and spinning it into making her, you know, the bad guy in this situation or the bad woman in this situation. Mm -hmm. I thought that was very weird because there was nothing wrong with what Michelle did. Right. No. Devin says, goes up to her and says, what has Amber been saying about me? Has Mm -hmm. Amber been saying negative things about me? And Michelle, I thought what she said, she just asked the question about, Oh, you know, is where's Devin's head at, you know, which like, first off, you know, the answer to the question, Mm -hmm. you know, that they have a relationship. If you want to call out the fact that Michelle, like you're, so you're calling out the fact that Michelle is closer to Amber than she is with you. Isn't that a known fact? Doesn't everyone already know that you're assuming that Michelle is going to be working with you more than she's working with Amber. Why? You you self-proclaimed made a two-week deal with them, right? Mm-hmm. That's not a real alliance. That's not a real alliance at all. That's a partnership that you made for like a week. So now you're getting mad that she didn't tell you something that's like a bigger secret or that Amber doesn't like you. That makes absolutely no sense. That was I, – I just didn't understand Devin's whole point. He's trying to cause a scene but going about it in the – just a jackass way. Yeah. No, it's he he did lose me. As much as I like him, he lost me there. I didn't like the energy too that he went at her with. Like he no. was like talking over her when she was trying to talk back and it it made no sense. It just didn't make any sense. I thought it was dumb gameplay and unnecessary as well because 
why did he need to do that? Like, what was the end goal other than to make Michelle look bad, which Michelle had nothing to do with this. Uh, and to intimidate her, which again, we don't love. I also like, this was after the club. They're clearly all at least a little drunk. Fair. This is the, and like when they arrived, Jay even said, everyone go to bed. He's <laughs> 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 sort of right. But he like, is right. That was a conversation that could have been saved for the next morning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If it was absolutely necessary, and I don't think it was. Not they, at all. They could have done it in the morning and not been so heated, and everyone would look better. But let's talk about the elimination. Let's do it. Because there's, there's something that, I mean, I'll give credit where it's due. Cokes. Uh, tweeted at us that mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to feel mega sus at the draw tonight and sure enough it was pretty suspicious so let's set it up nelson and Reese, mm-hmm. after a long speech i get so tired of these speeches put in amber and chauncey directly we've already established we believe that, that made no mistake. sense that yeah, made no sense mistake and then who has the first pick of drawing a dagger, Sheldon. Somehow, again, it's Bananas and Nani. And what happens again? They draw the safe dagger immediately. Yep. And once again, it was the dagger directly in front of them. Oh, see, that part I didn't realize. That part I did not realize. Just as last week, Mm. it was the dagger directly in front of them. It was just like, take a step forward, pull the dagger in front of you. What do you know? It's safe. See, that part I didn't realize, and we talked about it last week, it being a little fishy, that why did Bananas get to pick first, and they picked the safe dagger, and, you know, because I don't know any of this, right? Like, I have no inside information, so I don't want people to take this as any form of gospel. Um, Shouts to the Lebetard show, where they have a sound effect on their board, where they have this uh, play the reckless speculation sound and they have this like huge elaborate opening of like Lebetard's dad being like time for our next segment called reckless speculation. And then it's like all this music and then there's horns and sounds is like, okay, cool. You can say whatever you want now. (laughs) (laughs) So in this episode of reckless speculation, what I'm going to say is there is a world in which Bananas would have in his contract, hey, I will come on the show, but I'm not coming on at the very beginning so that everyone can gang up on me and I go home on the first week. But I'm going to come on and I want to be guaranteed at least four episodes or at least whatever. And here's my base salary for the four episodes that I'm guaranteed to be on. I feel like, and I don't know this, I have no idea how the contracts work on this show. I have zero idea about that. So again, reckless speculation. I'm just saying I could see a world in which something like that exists where Bananas is on the show and they want to ensure that he is on the show for at least a month. At least like, you know, four episodes or whatever it is. Because you have to remember, he's the biggest name on the franchise. Mm-hmm. In the franchise, he's now doing a ringer pod, which is on Spotify, right? Recapping every episode, all of these things. I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a thing. Would we ever know that? No, but 
We said it last week. I found it super weird. And having it happen back-to-back weeks, hmm, just saying. Pretty suspicious. Mm-hmm. Pretty dang suspicious. So we agree Nelson made the dumb move in putting in Amber and Chauncey. Bananas picks the the dagger. Banana and Zanani pick the safe dagger. They decide to save Jordan and Anissa. Meaning, in this elimination, it will be Amber and Chauncey against Darrell and, and I was going to say Vanessa and Victoria which has to be the worst case scenario for Nelson because you're just eliminating two people that would have been numbers for you. So that makes no sense. But who does this benefit? If we take a step back and think about it, Devin. Yeah. Right. This benefits Devin. It doesn't even really benefit Jay because again, Amber and Chauncey are a number for Jay. Although I will say Jay during the big fight with Michelle, Jay pinned it all on Amber. Because Jay, Jay was like, is also being manipulated by Devin. I, I think part of the issue is that Michelle and Jay are not on the same page, quite on the same page, and that right. Devin and Tori are not quite on the same page. <laughs> so I think Jay and Devin are going rogue to various degrees, and mm-hmm. I think Jay just doesn't like Amber. And I think Jay sees Amber as like a destabilizing influence on his partner. Yeah. And is happy to see her go by someone else's hand. Fair. I could definitely see that. I could definitely see that. So we have this elimination. And what did you think of this elimination? Again, I liked it because it was different than just like be strong, be fast. I liked it too. So uh, they have to sort of wriggle their way down through this like series of uh, of webbing, I guess you'd call it. Mm-hmm. Pick up a puzzle piece, then climb back up, which seemed incredibly hard. And they had to do this alternating partners, get eight pieces to solve a puzzle. And the puzzle seemed incredibly hard. Yeah. Um, Amber is built for this physically right yeah. like she just like but almost slides it's almost a controlled fall to get down yeah and then she also has the strength to quickly pull herself back up so amber is just like crushing these yeah chauncey Darrell, and especially veronica have issues doing this at all yeah and the other part is obviously if you have like it's webbed. So if you have a smaller frame, you're able to maneuver through it a lot easier. Amber also being a lot lighter, you're picking up less body weight to climb back up to the top. She's also super tall. I think she's the tallest of all four, which also helps as well. Darrell and Chauncey, it takes strong upper body strength to pull yourself back up and climb back up all the way. Veronica is shorter she has more size on her so it's not as easy for her to fit through the different holes but then being so short it was tough for her to like climb back through and like quite frankly get her ass through and mm-hmm. i give credit to devin who helped her because he gave the great the the great strategy because she figured out going down right and going down she had the advantage that was dope coming back up you had to climb through first and reach and then pull yourself through. 
lean forward and pull yourself through. And that seemed to work. And I want to give Veronica a lot of credit because I thought she did a really good job of once she figured it out, just keep going. And they started to catch up. Terrell and Veronica started to catch up once she figured out the technique. They weren't that far behind. They were maybe two pieces behind. Exactly. Two pieces behind for sure. And, and Darrell said, no lead is safe when there's a puzzle involved. And that's facts. And like everyone starts making fun of them, but it took both teams forever to do that puzzle. Mm -hmm. And frankly, Darrell and Veronica could have won it. Very easily could have won it. They and just, that they, is a beauty of the challenge. They couldn't, they just didn't get the puzzle done. That's on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's on them. They were right there. Shouts to, as you said, a greatly constructed uh, elimination because it was hard, it was physical, but at the same time, the puzzle is the ultimate equalizer. And they couldn't figure out the puzzle, but they were right there. They had more than enough chances to actually solve it and win very easily. And that's where you realize, again, the difference of this game compared to other games. There's so much... Like after you're meant, you're physically drained, you then have to turn your brain back on and try to do that. It's a tough loss for Darrell and Veronica, but one that I'm sure they're going to regret because I know Darrell's a guy that has seen a lot of different puzzles being on the show, but also like practices a bunch of different puzzles before coming on. But that wasn't really the kind of thing that you could practice before you come on. I've never seen a puzzle like that before. And like that it was wasn't even one. really explained to us. Like I gather. No. They had to fit all the pieces in and had it. It was supposed to be a pattern of like sort of infinity symbols. Yeah. The numeral eight, however you want to put it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it clearly did not come easily. It seemed like they were close to yeah. getting it, but not as close. And then I did think it was funny when Amber was like, Chauncey did it. Chauncey put the final piece away. I was like, there's only one piece left in a hole. Right. It's. It's not yeah. that impressive. <laughs> yeah. But they're so, clearly in the honeymoon stage. I have to point something out. Mm -hmm. Is it just me? Are Amber and Chauncey like the most awkward kissers? I know I noted this in the very first episode. Yeah. Where they like kissed each other. And like you might recall, I said on that episode of You Killed It, I'm like, have they never kissed before? Like, what's their Are they dating? Because like that was a hella awkward kiss. They kiss at the end of winning this. And like they kiss like they're like siblings. Like it's weird. Have do I have this that? right? Did do I have this right? They met on Instagram, or did I make that up? Uh, I can't remember. Um, they but, like, seem... have you noticed that? Like they they have they don't kiss good. As a couple, I do get weird vibes from them. I don't know what necessarily those vibes are, or where they stem from. But I do get weird vibes from them. I think that Amber Amber is a very interesting character. And Chauncey just kind of came out of nowhere. And he's kind of like the puppy dog, like following her around, if that makes sense. You know what, though? Those are the vibes I get. I don't dislike Chauncey. Chauncey's no. done nothing wrong, you know, at any... He, like, he didn't maybe, like, defend himself as well as he could have against Nelson. But, like... You it's know, a weird situation. It's a weird thing. And like sort of your first time. I also, I really admire Chauncey. on camera. Yeah. I admired Chauncey for saying in confessional, like I was scared as hell during this. Like I was nervous. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, we need more men being like owning their nerves and their fears. Yeah. And Chauncey did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, huge shouts to Amber and Chauncey for winning this one. And I mean, I thought it was a really good episode because we're getting towards like the nitty gritty of like forcing people into making moves. And I feel like this is multiple weeks in a row where we're critiquing the moves that have been made because they don't really make sense. Like I'm really confused by what Nelson did here because he seemed to have a plan set out and then just went left field. And I don't know if it was an emotional thing where he felt like I need to go at Chauncey because, you know, I see this opportunity to try to sun Chauncey because he tried to go at my guy, but I also want to like, you know, show Amber that I'm like this man, man, and I'm going to, you know, sun you guys. Or like, did something change in his plans with Devin and Jay just to like strategically, we need to get Amber out of here because she's causing problems. That part I don't understand. And hopefully next week that gets explained more because I'm really confused by what Nelson did. And I think that's part of why people have been so critical of Jay and Michelle, as well as now Nelson, is that they make a lot of noise about making logical decisions, and then at the last minute, they make really emotional ones. Uh, At least that's uh, part of my criticism. I also have to point something out, which I think is really important. The house is now down to nine pairs. Okay. So, So whoever wins next week will literally be nominating half Half of the the house. house. Yeah. Alliance numbers will be key. And like breaking it down, there's no way, like obviously it depends on who wins, but let's say we'll just use Amber and Chauncey as an example. Let's say Amber and Chauncey win. Mm -hmm. So they're in the position. So who are they going to keep safe? Presumably Horatio and Olivia by like... Mm -hmm just by process of elimination. Mm-hmm. But then who else would they like keep safe? Casey and Kenny, I guess. Would they? Would they though? No, Amber doesn't mess with, with Casey, right? Remember the whole big brother alliance. Yeah. Out. So, so that's not a go. So like, but also like Amber and Chauncey, you're not going to win. <laughs> so, no, no. Well, uh, but like we could, we could do this with anyone, right? We yeah, could say like yeah, Nelson yeah. and Norris, who are they going to nominate? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you just it's at a point now where the house is so relatively small even though there's still 18 people in it that like you're now at the point where you have to nominate friends yeah no agreed agreed business picking up man uh i have to ask sheldon who killed it for you this week it's kind of tough it's kind of tough i'm gonna be honest with you i think i'm gonna pick narice i'm gonna say narice killed it because um, I think she's been such a positive influence on Nelson. She has him winning challenges. And I think ultimately Nelson makes the wrong decisions. Yeah. She's trying to let him kind of do his thing because she, like in terms of ultimately making the decisions of who to put in, who not to put in the politics of understanding the bananas of the world and like the Devons of the world and that side of the game, she understands that she doesn't, get that side of the game yet she needs more experience to see that and he has prior relationships and i do also think that that is a good move by her 
instead of coming in and just being like, no, we need to protect this person, this person, this person, bleep mm -hmm. it, just put up the other side of the house. I think she understands it enough to know where to push and pull with her relationship with Nelson. Um, and I just think she's, I mean, you've made Nelson win two daily challenges. I didn't need to say anything more than that. Narice, you killed it. I'll tell you who I think killed it this week. It's a little bit off the board. Just don't say Devin. Jay. Oh. I'll tell you why. Okay. Jay got the heat is off of Jay for now. Obviously, mm -hmm. there's still some heat on Michelle. But coming into this episode, every indication was unless Michelle and Jay won a third in a row, they were going up. Yeah. Dodge that bullet. Now, Devin and Nelson are taking the heat. Mm-hmm. Right, and I say I'm not singling out the male uh, partners in some sort of like uh, misogynist way. I'm saying that because I don't think anyone's mad at Tori. I don't think anyone's mad at Narice. Right, like yeah. it's Devin and Nelson are the problems. They're the ones doing too much. That's why I'm singling them out. So Jay also achieved his goals, like. He and Darrell, Darrell and Anissa, or sorry, Darrell and uh, Veronica had not really agreed to be partners with Michelle and Jay, right? He clearly doesn't like Amber. He made that clear. She's not gone, but like she's almost gone. And he doesn't have his hands dirty at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I, think I think Jay came call. out of this smelling like roses. And if he can like get Michelle to stop talking to Devin for a bit, I think their partnership might actually be in better shape than they were just a week ago. So yeah. I'm saying Jay killed it. Okay. Okay. Not mad at that. <laughs> Not mad at that at all. I like that one actually. And where can the good people find you on social media? Well, you can find me on Twitter at shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Also huge shouts to the people liking and subscribing to the pod. Continue to send in your comments. We love hearing from each and every one of you and bless us with the like, bless us with the retweet, bless us with, you know, appreciate the people supporting and pushing the podcasts along because we enjoy opening up the conversation to everyone. We're the two clowns talking, but we try to interact with everyone and make you as well a part of the show because we all love the challenge and this has been a good season so far and you can find me on twitter and instagram at jay chidley hill and until next week this was you killed it you killed it